0: Thank you for joining us at First Presbyterian Church of Jacksonville, Illinois, on November 1st, All Saints Sunday. Reverend Warren's sermon title today is Wisdom and Finance. Our first scripture reading is from Genesis 12, 1-7. The gospel reading comes from Luke 15, 11-32. Our special music is a flute solo performed by Christine Smith titled, on Eagle's wing we thank you for listening today and we pray that you have a safe healthy and peace-filled week
1: upcoming God bless until we meet again next week our first scripture from this morning is from Genesis chapter 12 verses 1 through 7 listen for the Word of God now the Lord said to Abram go from your country and your kindred, and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you, and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went to the So Abram went, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Abram took his wife Sarah and his brother's son Lot and all the possessions that they had gathered and the persons whom they had acquired in Haran, and they set forth to go to the land of Canaan. When they had come to the land of Canaan, Abraham passed through the land to the place at Shechem, to the oak of Morai. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your offspring, I will give this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord who appeared to him. This is the word of the Lord.
2: Now let us turn to our scripture reading from the Gospel of Luke, the 15th chapter. Many of you know this story very well, the parable of the prodigal and his brother. Let us listen to the word of God. And Jesus said, there was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that will belong to me. So he divided his property between them. A few days later, the younger son gathered all he had and traveled to a distant country. And there he squandered his property in dissolute living. When he had spent everything, a severe famine took place throughout that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to be to one of the citizens of that country who sent him to the fields to feed the pigs. He would have gladly filled himself with the pods that the pigs were eating, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired hands have been bred enough to spare, but here I am dying of hunger? Now his elder son was in the field, and when he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing. He called one of his slaves and asked what was going on, and he replied, your brother has come and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has got him back safe and sound. Then he became angry and refocused and and refused to go in. His father came out and began to plead with him, but he answered his father, listen, For all these years, I have been working like a slave for you, and I have never disobeyed your command. Yet you have never given me even a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when the son of yours came back, who has devoured your property with prostitutes and killed the fatted cat for him, then the father said to him, son, you are always with me. And all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice because this brother of yours was dead and has come to life. He was lost and has been found. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So today we're continuing our sermon series using Adam Hamilton's book, Enough, the story we just read in the New Testament, as I shared, is called the Parable of the Prodigal Son. And Adam Hamilton says that the word prodigal does not mean someone who wanders away or is lost. The word literally means one who wastes money. So the prodigal is each one of us, for we each struggle at times with wasting money. Our, our society lures us with. Frappuccinos in stylish clothing, sales, impulse buying, keeping up with our neighbors or our uh, new technology, with buy one, get one free. Uh, some of us are lured for hair coloring, and then poof, where did all our money just go? While we don't seem like we're the prodigal son that Jesus alludes to, we certainly could use our money for a higher purpose at times, for a higher calling. Now, there may be some here who are over their heads, putting things on credit cards and barely making minimum payments. Some folks who are barely making it, especially during this pandemic, when folks are struggling to make ends meet. I also know there are some here who are probably more like Adam Hamilton and his wife, Levon, who aren't in financial hardship, who don't abuse credit cards, who save and give, are doing okay. But they discover the more money they make, the more money they waste. Hamilton says the more financially secure we've become, the less we worry about spending here and there When we were starting out struggling to make ends meet, we counted for every dollar. But now $20 here and $40 there isn't a big deal. Money just seems to flow through our fingers and by the end of the year we're asking, where did it all seem to go? Now most of us are at least a bit of a prodigal money waster. In one way or another, a lot of times we're focused on the short term. Every dollar that we choose to waste is a dollar that could be used for something more meaningful. Now, he talks about common money wasters. And the first common money waster he declares is impulse buying. You probably know this very well. Uh, Siobhan and I, years ago, Costco and Target were the king at getting the Warrens to impulse buy. I think Amazon is uh, next on the list. But we'd go in for something like toilet paper, not when it was the pandemic, folks. Uh, We'd come out somehow with $100 in our cart. Grocery stores are really good at this too. Somehow they know you're hungry They add a few deals here and there, and suddenly you buy twice as many groceries. Now, there's a few tips for avoiding impulse buying. Some of you know them. Never go to the grocery store when you're hungry, right? Shop for what you need only. I guess, uh, to be sure, to have toilet paper stocked before a pandemic. Make a list and stick to it. Buy what you need and get out of that store. It's also helpful these days for your health. And wait 24 hours before purchasing an impulse buy. I, these days, sometimes take my phone out, my smartphone, take a picture of the item, and then I usually don't go back and buy it. But sometimes I do. But it doesn't give me that impulse. The second common money waster he shares, is eating out. Not suggesting that you never eat out, but the issue is the frequency. An average American eats out four times a week for lunch or dinner. When Siobhan was pregnant, we went out all the time with our first child. We went out to restaurants so often, they started giving us free desserts. We spent a lot of money going out. However, by eating out less frequently, we have more money to save or spend on something more important or to give it away. In Genesis, Abraham is called by God and given a purpose that was bigger than himself. Similarly, God calls us to a higher purpose. We're made for more than just consuming we are made for an important purpose. Certainly it was a hard lesson for the prodigal son to learn, but he finally figured it out the hard way. And yes, sometimes we have to learn to do it that way too. But maybe some of us can learn from this story. Each of us is created to care for God's creation, to love God and one another, to care for our families, to care for those in need. Micah 6.8 reminds us when it says, what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God? In line with this, we also should develop a plan and set worthy goals. So, for those of you who can look at your bulletin, and you'll see it online as well, we've mailed this to you. We've created a My Life and Financial Goals worksheet. Some of you will do this during the sermon, but I, I urge you to just pause for a moment. It might sound silly, but this is for you to work on this week. You can see there are two short-term goals, two mid-range goals, and two long-term goals. Some of you do this at the beginning of the year, January. And at least one goal in each category should relate specifically to your faith. What are those goals? You have them. We're created for a higher purpose, so we can't just waste our money on impulses and take out food and and things. So we want to lean toward these goals we make. And then we also added in your bulletin, it's kind of in the announcement section right before this page. And for those joining us online. We've mailed you this as well in a brochure. It says six key financial planning principles. And I want to go through these. Uh, uh, these days at the Warren House, everything's turned into Hamilton lyrics from that hit musical. Uh, I'm sure some of you are familiar with it. So inspired by the song, The Ten Dual Commandments, you know this song? I know it very well in our house. So in this case, it's the six financial planning principles, obviously, right? It doesn't quite roll off the tongue as well as the Ten Dual Commandments, the six financial planning principles. Now, these might seem obvious or elementary, because they are, but they're important. And that's why there's only six. So let's get started. The six financial planning principles. Number one, pay your tithe and offering first. Put God first in your living and your giving. So we give from the top of our paycheck and then live on what remains, just like we heard in our children's message today. Number two, create a budget and track your expenses. Creating a budget is developing a plan. Now most of us have a budget, but if you're like Siobhan and me, uh, it's easy to get off track, and then we don't know where our money goes at the end of the year. So I encourage you to use that extra bulletin insert, basic budget worksheet, if you need help creating a budget. They have these all over the internet, so you can find these as well, but it's a simple one. With percentages and basics of where our money goes. Number three. Oh, I didn't I didn't do it right. Number three. Is that right? Number three. Simplify your lifestyle, live below your means. Come on, folks. Have you heard this song? Number three. Simplify your lifestyle, live below your means because this discipline is critical to the success of any financial plan. Now, we'll be talking about this during next Sunday's sermon. Number four, establish an emergency fund. Financial planners recommend beginning with $1,000 and building it to three months' worth of income. If you don't have an emergency fund, take time to make one. And when you have this amount, you won't need to use your credit cards as often. Number five. We're almost to six. Number five. Pay off your credit cards. Use cash and debit cards. The girl said I can't rap. I just, I can't do it. So, pay off your credit cards. Use cash and debit cards for purchases and use credit wisely. As you're building your emergency fund, begin to pay off credit card debt and start using cash or debit card for purchases. Number six, practice long-term savings and investing habits. We do not merely save for the sake of saving. Saving is meant to be purposeful. And there are three types of savings that we should have. Emergency savings, which we talked about, savings for wants and goals, and then the third is retirement savings. So we each have a plan. I know I've given you a lot of worksheets and work to do uh, over these next weeks, but it's because we're called to live with a higher purpose. And all of us should be clear about what that higher purpose is using these six financial planning principles. So that's it. My musical number is over. If you want to repeat or review of that little six financial planning principles, you can go back and review it on the video. We have a tape for (laughs) ever. But I want to close with this story of why developing a plan matters. There was a motivational speaker who came to a grocery store, and she was telling the employees that they had a higher purpose at this grocery store, more important than stocking shelves or ringing up customers. Because each of them had an opportunity. They met to bless someone. And after hearing this, Johnny, a 19-year-old grocery bagger with Down syndrome, took her words to heart. Johnny went home to try to figure out how he could be a blessing to others, and he finally came up with a plan. Each night, he would search the internet for a positive saying to encourage folks, and each night, he printed 300 copies and cut the sayings into individual strips. The next day, he put the saying into the grocery bag for each customer. And he told each customer, I put a saying in your bag. I hope that it helps you have a good day. Thanks for coming here. A month later, the manager noticed that Johnny's line was, was much larger and longer than any others. He, even when he announced that there was no waiting in lines two or three, No one budged from that line because people wanted Johnny to be their beggar, even if it meant waiting. He touched them and filled them with hope because he had a larger purpose. He was a blessing to others. And in order to do it, he developed a plan And lived it out in a simple way. It not only changed and affected his life, it impacted many others. That's what we've got to do. We're not just consumers. We each have a higher purpose, a higher calling, to do justice, to love kindness, to walk humbly with our God. And in order to do that, all we have to do is set a few goals change a few habits, and I encourage each one of you here this week to use these worksheets to pray, to keep these six financial planning principles handy, to live in such a way that we can be a blessing to each other, to live out our higher calling. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. As we begin to pray for this All Saints Sunday, I invite you to turn to the page of the bulletin that looks like this. It's the first page after the full bulletin. Let us join together in prayer. God of consolation, we remember those who died. For those who passed away quietly, we ask for a joyful passage into your spacious heart. For those who suffered great pain, we ask for respite and the comfort of your compassionate embrace. For those who died too soon, in sudden and unexpected ways, We ask for peace and surrender into your loving care. We pray, give thanks for George Clark. For Joanne Parlier. Elnora Harriet Williams. Ann Smith. Mary Alkire. Virginia Calhoun. For Dr. William S. McKinley. For Steve Briggs. Andy Cultus, Nancy Bradbury. Lloyd Frank Slagle, John D. Ware, Connie Rogie, Frank B. Ladd. and for all those who died during this pandemic. We ask that you grant all of those who have died the grace of your eternal light and life. In Jesus' name we pray,
0: amen. If you found this material inspiring and would like to support our ministry here at First Love from the First Presbyterian Church of Jacksonville, Illinois, please send contributions to First Presbyterian Church, 870 West College, Jacksonville, Illinois, 62650. You can also contribute through your financial institution, through bill pay. And if an account number is necessary, please use 870-870-870. Our phone number at First Presbyterian Church, Jacksonville, Illinois, is 217-245-4189. Our email is office at firstpresjax.org. That's O-F-F-I-C-E at F-I-R-S-T-P-R-E-S-J-A-X dot O-R-G. You can join our live stream video of Sunday Services, which start at 9.55 a.m. on Sunday at www.facebook.com slash First That's www. Facebook.com slash First We also have a Facebook page called Presbyterians with a Purpose at www.facebook.com slash groups slash 221761382271. One five three Presbyterians for a Purpose is a group for anyone needing to get contact with someone else during these challenging times. If you wish to attend our 10 a.m. services on Sunday in person, please come in the north door. A nurse will take your temperature. The nurse will then press a button to open the door to limit touching surfaces. Another volunteer will open the inner door. While moving around, please wear your mask. Once seated, you can remove your mask. We pray you have a safe, joyful, and healthy week. God bless.